Welcome to Travels in a Mathematical World, a podcast from the Institute of Mathematics and its Applications, the IMA. My name is Peter Rowlett. This is episode 31. 31 is the earliest and only known case such that the sum of the divisors of two distinct numbers, 16 and 25, is the same prime quantity. Okay, recently I went to speak uh, to maths promoters at an event in London, and one of the things I talked about was podcasting. During this, I did a live demo with Matt Parker, who showed a trick he uses to communicate maths. Uh, My name's Matt Parker. I studied mathematics at university, and once I'd finished that, I went on to become a maths teacher. And interestingly from there, having originally done maths, I now work in what's known as maths communication. So I take it upon myself to try and communicate maths to as many people as I can and to try and get people more excited about maths than they currently are. So whatever someone's current level of mathematical incitement is, I want to increase that. One of the most difficult groups I work with are high school students, often disengaged high school students or students who have routinely been told for years they're bad at maths and they have constantly found it boring. Um, So I often use... uh, things very, very similar to a science demonstration. Because I think science have have got this great ability to do a demonstration, the kids find it cool, and then they can talk about the science involved. So I try and subvert science demonstrations to enable me to talk to kids about maths. One of my favourite ones is here I've got a helium balloon, uh, and it's everyone's favourite party trick to inhale helium and get the hilarious squeaky voice. So I'm going to give that a go. Bear with me. If if I I pass over, fall over and, and asphyxiate... Uh, Peter's going to rush in and save me here. Okay, here we go. Helium. As you can now hear, my voice has gone an awful lot higher and squeakier. Uh, It's because helium is approximately one-fifth the density of air. And so I can talk to students about how we can do the mass behind, uh, the fact that the sound's now travelling much faster, how that interacts with the frequency, and gradually, because it is less dense, and we can talk about buoyancy, it's coming out of my lungs, and this is pretty much a smooth transition back to my normal voice. Pretty much? Good. Excellent. Excellent. Now, the great thing about doing this in front of a crowd is in a podcast form, uh, people think what I'm about to do may be done with special effects, but doing this in front of kids, the impact is incredible, and that's why we've got a bit of an audience here, so they can verify, hopefully through applause and whooping, that this is actually uh, not yet... Hold your mathematical excitement. That this is actually happening. All I have here is sulfur hexafluoride, which is a completely inert gas that is just over five times more dense than air. So you can talk to kids about what they expect will happen. You can start talking about proportional rates and uh, bits and pieces. Basically, at just over five times the density of air, if you compare it to helium, it's about 34 times more dense. Speed travels, or sound travels at 44% of the speed it normally would going through air. So if I inhale this, well, first of all, my voice should sound hilarious and low and deep. Secondly, I will begin to slowly asphyxiate uh, because it's heavier than air. It's going to sit in my lungs. So at this point, if I do fall over, please rescue me. Okay, here we go. Sulfur hexafluoride. As you can hear now, my voice has dropped to an awful lot lower level. As the sound's only going 44% of its normal speed, it's altered the frequency. At this point, you will have the undivided attention of an entire class of students. And hopefully, that won't be because I'm passing out. Hang on. 
Okay, I'm pretty much back. There we go. There's my whooping. Excellent. Uh, and so I use all sorts of things from science uh, and a lot of things involving just numbers and maths that get kids excited. So I love the fact that having studied maths, uh, it's now my job. Uh, I work as a maths teacher in a school. I also work for an organization called More Maths Grads uh, just to try and get as many people interested in maths as possible. And I think that's, I mean, just because you study maths doesn't mean you're going to go into a boring uh, profession. I absolutely love talking about it, and that's where I've ended up. Thank you. After the event, Matt and I sat down and had a chat. He gave me another example of something he does with students uh, to enthuse them about mathematics, and firstly gave me his advice about getting into mathematics communication. If you're at university and you want to get involved in uh, mass communication, go and talk to your outreach department. There will be somewhere, um, often education, sometimes admissions, place called Outreach, talk to them. They coordinate sending people from the university into schools or organisations. If you talk to them, they always need volunteers, need helpers. Sometimes there's a bit of paid work, and that will get you off and racing. Um, I mean, whatever your subject is, engineering, math, science, they will help you go and talk to people about it. Yeah, good. So what about teaching? I got to the end of my um, my maths degree and thought, what am I going to do with this now? Because I love maths, but I've, I've kind of had enough of studying for now. And so I went into teaching initially just as something a bit different. Absolutely loved it. I think it's brilliant. Um, if you're not sure, talk to, again, uh, the education department or the outreach department. They do short-term placements in schools. And so you can go into a school. Um, most, a lot of universities in the UK run something called the Student Associate Scheme, where you'll actually get uh, re remunerated to go into a school for about three weeks. And then straight away you'll see what it's like, see if you enjoy teaching or not. And if you do, you can go into a PGCE year at the end of your degree. And if you don't, you know you didn't want to become a teacher. So I recommend, if you're considering it, uh, have a quick check around and see what schemes you can do to go into a school and have a look around. Yep. I mean, a lot of what I do is going into different schools and, um, like I said, talking to a huge group of kids at once and trying to get them interested. So I have a variety of things I talk about which are just outside their curriculum but enough to get them interested. Um, so, for example, often I'll go in and show little clips of The Simpsons because a lot of The Simpsons writers are mathematicians and they hide all sorts of equations and numbers and brilliant math jokes in the background. Um, or I will show them something that I think they'll find interesting and something they won't have come across before in maths. So one thing I do, I mean... Probability is quite showy, but I like doing that with kids. So I talk about the odds of winning the lottery, obviously very, very small, and they can use what they're learning at school to work out. It's about uh, 0.0000751%. And so I get kids to you know work out how many zeros that is. It's a long way down. But how can we kind of understand that? And I've got some census data that, that shows that... Uh, I think it was 2006, don't quote me on the year, I, I'll check my stats later. Uh, there were approximately uh, 10,285,900 people in the UK between the ages of uh, 15 and 24. Of them, in that year, 4,445 met their end one way or another. So kids can very quickly work out their odds of not surviving the next year. And it turns out to be uh, a much, much bigger probability uh, the winning lottery. In fact, the odds of them not surviving a year is around about 0.0432%. Much, much bigger odds. And so you show them uh, that, for example, imagine you've got something you, tomorrow you don't want to do. If you follow these statistics, you can work out that it's not a big concern. 
there's actually, statistically, a 0.0001138% chance you're not even going to make it to tomorrow. And the kids aren't used to looking at mortality and, and probability, and so you, you're presenting it to them in a whole new way. Uh, and eventually they realise the odds of winning the lottery is about the same as uh, you not making the next one hour, 27 minutes and 32 seconds, <laughs> which I find highly entertaining. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to buy a lottery ticket, at least buy it within an hour and a half of the draw. <laughs> Otherwise, you've got a better chance of not living to see the draw than you do winning it. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. You can find out more about the podcast and download other episodes at www.travelsinamathematicalworld.co.uk. There as well you can find the Facebook page and a link to me on Twitter, uh, where my username is Peter Rowlett, R-O-W-L-E-T-T. Thank you for listening.